Why are young people seeming to leave the church today, even young people who have grown up in good, solid Christian environments? Hi, my name is David Dennis, and I'm with the Kansas Communities Ministry with the Navigators. You know, we often see the pervasive influence of secularism and naturalism even in the church today. We are also saddened to see many of our young people who have grown up in the church eventually leave and adopt a secular outlook. Why is this? My special guest, Mr. Ken Ham, CEO of Answers in Genesis, shares his views on this very challenging question. I just finished reading Gospel Reset, one of the many books you've written, and in that and other books, uh, you've given some statistics about young people leaving the church and some of the reasons you feel that's happening. And uh, so, I just ask in in general, um, what has the church done wrong in in that area, and what can we do to to um, encourage young folks to stay in the church? Well, there's two things the church has not done, and I call it the failure of the modern church. And I really believe there has been an incredible failure in the modern church. One is there's been a failure to teach foundationally from the book of Genesis. You see, Genesis 1 to 11, the history there is foundational to every doctrine, to our Christian worldview, to the whole of the rest of the Bible. I mean, if you want to know how to deal with the gay marriage issue, the abortion issue, the racism issue, the euthanasia issue, uh, uh, the pedophilia issue, any of those issues, you can't deal with them unless you have the foundation of Genesis 1 to 11 to know what we believe as a Christian and what we should believe. Because the Genesis 1 to 11 has the foundation for marriage. You know, God made man from dust, woman from his side. You become one because you're one flesh. I mean, marriage was created in Genesis 2, 24. And so we know it's to be one man and one woman. God made male and female. Genesis 1, 27 says there's the gender issue. We know there's only two genders uh, of humans. And We know that that also relates to the abortion issue uh, because right from fertilization, you're a unique individual made in the image of God. Uh, God gave clothes because of sin in Genesis uh, 3. Genesis 3.21 is the setup of the sacrificial system pointing to the Messiah. Genesis 3.15 really is the gospel in a way, but it's the promise of the Messiah. And so you see what we should have been doing as a church is not just teaching what I call Bible stories. You know, a lot, a lot of church in Sunday schools and even in, you know, the church itself for, for sermons, a lot of it's been, you know, Jonah and the Great Fish, Feeding of 5,000, Poor Mystery Journey, Jesus on the Cross, and, and, and so on, you know, or talking about, you know, the life of Zacchaeus, or this, and so it goes on. But what we haven't been doing is teaching generations that Genesis 1 to 11, the history there is foundational to our Christian worldview to know what we believe, why we believe what we do, know what our doctrines are, so that we can then respond to these issues of moral relativism that are permeating the culture. And so because we haven't taught foundationally from Genesis 1 to 11, and that's because so much of the church has been intimidated by evolutionists and by the secularists, and they've either said, oh, it's not real history in Genesis 1 to 11, you can believe in evolution, it doesn't matter, uh, who cares? Even conservative pastors, many have told me, we don't deal with that in our church, and the reason we don't deal with it is because it creates division. And I, I don't want to create division, so we don't deal with that. And yet, that's the very foundation for the rest of the Bible. It's interesting, I find a lot of churches are more interested in Revelation than they are in Genesis, but revelation is not the foundation for your Christian worldview. It's not the foundation for any doctrine. It's not the foundation for the gospel. It's not the foundation for the rest of the Bible. But Genesis is. Genesis 1 to 11 is the foundation for all of those things. 
And that's where the church has lost it. We gave up that foundation and we've had generations of kids that have gone through an education system where they're given the foundation. It's man who determines truth. They've thrown God out and they've been taught a secular worldview. Then they, they come to our churches and Sunday schools and they have all these questions about the Bible or evolution, millions of years, what they've been taught at school. And in most instances, they've been told, don't worry about that, just trust in Jesus. Well, then what happens is because they have the foundation, man determines truth, they eventually build a secular worldview. They walk away from the church. And right now, only 18% of millennials go to church. And Generation Z are twice as atheist as any previous generation. Those younger generations are almost gone. And it's the church's fault. And we're seeing, seeing a consequence of that in our culture with the moral relativism ripping through the culture and all the turmoil that we're seeing. And I believe it's the church's fault who hasn't raised up generations to think foundationally from scripture. And the second thing is, we haven't raised up generations to do what 1 Peter 3.15 tells us, to always give answers. The word answers or defense, sometimes it's translated from the Greek word apologia, from which we get a word apologetics, which means give a logical reason defense of the faith. And so in today's world, there are particular attacks on God's word. And those attacks are, are leveled at Genesis in particular. You know, um, how do you know the Bible is true? Science has disproved the Bible. What about carbon dating and dinosaurs? And how do you explain the races of people? And what about the millions of years? And there's no evidence for a global flood. And so it goes on. And in most instances, most churches have said, oh, don't worry about that. Oh, it's a red herring. Or oh, it doesn't matter. Just trust in Jesus. But we need to be teaching them apologetics. We need to be teaching them answers to those attacks. Uh, because that's what the devil does. He attacks the word of God, as he did with Eve in Genesis 3. And in fact, Paul in 2 Corinthians 11, 3 says, beware that uh, the devil's going to use the same method on us as he did on Eve to get us to a position of not believing the things of God. And that method was to attack the word of God. And the word of God has been attacked. I call it the Genesis 3 attack. It's been attacked in our day and age, particularly in regard to the book of Genesis. Uh, because that is the foundation for all of our doctrine and our worldview. So because the church hasn't taught foundationally and hasn't taught apologetics, hasn't taught Genesis 1 to 11 as a foundation for all of our thinking for our Christian worldview and prepared generations that way, we've ended up losing generations from the church and losing the culture. The church is no longer impacting the culture because we let the culture invade and impact the church. And so that to me has been a failure of the modern church. Indeed, mm, mm. uh, If you were addressing a, uh, let's just say, an, a quote, ordinary person in Kansas um, and um, encouraging them to um, teach apologetics, teach the importance of God's word being first uh, in our lives, uh, what would you, what are some resources you'd recommend that they would use? Well, we have, some, we have a lot of resources. I mean, at answersingenesis.org, we have thousands and thousands of resources, but we have some core resources. Um, first of all, I would say this. My book, The Lie, Evolution, I wrote it back in 1986. It was published in 1987, but I have um, updated it since then and revised it since then. But other than the Bible, now the Bible is the textbook of our ministry, but other than the Bible, I would say The Lie is the main message of our ministry, the main book of our ministry. And it's really this message on foundational importance of the book of Genesis, all our doctrine founded in Genesis. When we compromise Genesis, we undermine the authority of the word of God, how we need to raise up generations teaching apologetics and founded uh, in Genesis for all their doctrine and so on. 
So that book, The Lie, really uh, gives detail in regard to the importance of the book of Genesis in regard to all of this. And then secondly, Gospel Reset is a book dealing with evangelism. Uh, one of the things that I'm saying to people today is, you know, for much of the church, they're using the same method of evangelism they had in, have in the past. And that is, oh, Jesus died on the cross for you. You know, the Bible says, repent of your sin, put your trust in Jesus. But we have generations who don't believe the Bible is trustworthy. They think science has just proved it. They don't even know what sin is. And they think Christianity is an outdated, you know, mythology because of what they've been taught at school and so on. And so what I'm saying is that, our culture has become like the Greeks in Acts 17. And with the Greeks, Paul, when he preached the message of the cross, it was foolishness to them. So he had to start at the very beginning, telling them who the true God was, that there's one God and sort of put them on the right road with the right foundation. I'm saying that's where we're at today. We've got to understand that Generation X, Generation Y, the Millennials and Generation Z are very Greekized. In other words, they're very, very Greek in their thinking because they've gone to the Greek education system and watched the Greek media and so on. And if we don't understand that, uh, we're not going to be able to impact them with the message of God's word in the gospel. So in the past, our culture was like an Acts 2 culture mm -hmm. uh, and our methods of evangelism were what Peter used in Acts 2. But our culture today has become very Acts 17, like the Greeks. And then the other books I'd recommend, five books, they're, they're the five answer books. They're, four of them are called the answers books, one, two, three, and four. And one is called the flood of evidence, which is answers book number five. That's 160 of the top questions people ask today that relate to attacks on the Bible uh, to undermine the authority of the Bible beginning in Genesis. And we know the top questions because we've traveled around the world for the past 40 years and <laughs> spoken in hundreds of churches and conferences. And these questions give detailed answers. In other words, that's the apologetics aspect. And so being able to teach apologetics uh, so that uh, people can be equipped with those answers. So they'd be the core books. Now, for, for children, we have an apologetic series for children. We have a set of answers books for children as well, and all sorts of other individual books and DVDs and that sort of thing too. Peter reminds us in 1 Peter 3.15, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. What answers would you give to someone who asks about why you believe the Bible is true? Would you like to dig into the critical area of apologetics more? See our show notes for some ideas that would be great Christmas gifts as well for the young people in your life. Our third and final episode with Mr. Ken Ham would be a great one to listen to with your children all the way up through high school as we hear his thoughts about how a Christian young person can prepare for college and be a positive influence among their peers and professors. Join me next time as we learn more about making disciples naturally. Thank you so much for joining us today. The opinions expressed on these podcasts are those of the speakers and not necessarily of the Kansas Communities Ministry nor of the Navigators. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the views of the navigators, nor of the Kansas Communities Ministry. Thank you for listening.